The Rams Review Podcast are delighted to announce a new sponsor for this season, the Terrace Apparel. The Terrace Apparel offers tributes to iconic sporting moments and heroes embroidered onto timeless crew neck tees made from organic cotton for a soft but durable t-shirt which makes them both comfortable and stylish. There are currently over 100 bespoke designs to choose from, from footballing legends, cricketing masterclasses to major winners, with more designs being added regularly. Can't find something that's special to you? You can even request your own iconic sporting moment. Contact them on their website, theterristapparel.com. But that's not all. For all Derby fans listening, we have had the pleasure of creating our own design, voted for by the listeners of the podcast over the last couple of weeks on our socials. You voted for the iconic Jim Smith and Igor Stimak at the baseball ground, which will be on sale very soon. Keep your eyes out on our socials for the product launch. Also, we can exclusively offer 15% off all purchases with the code RAMSREVIEW15. TheTerristApparel.com. Check it out now. Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby Cat. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast with myself taking over hosting duties today. Jason, Corey again is not with us unfortunately. I hope to have you back on soon buddy. But it's... Absolute jam-packed episode today. Plenty of talking points from the weekend. And I've got three guests to discuss those things with us. We've obviously got part of the furniture, Jack Bryan. Jack, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. You? You good? I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. Well, yeah, not not bad, not bad. Um, we've got two debutantes on the podcast. It's not very often we have them these days, having done it for so long. But uh, we, we have got two debutantes and, uh, and, and two... Cracking guests, in my opinion. One who's going to bring some lovely insights into the world of refereeing um, is Mr. Jack Simpson. Jack, nice to have you on the podcast, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jason. Yeah, looking forward to our little discussion. Yeah, loving it. And of course, you are a Derby fan as well. So obviously, that's, that's oh, yes, the main course. reason that that's, you're that's, as the, well. that's the main thing, isn't it? That's the main thing. <clears throat> um, and I think it's fair to say, experienced podcaster, but first time on the Rams Review, Chris Redwood. Chris, how are we doing, mate? Hello, mate. All good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Not a problem at all. So, as we say, one of the biggest... We have to start on Saturday and, as we say, getting a... It's more luck than judgment. This was not pre-planned, but, Jack, you coming on um, and being being a referee, there was some contentious decisions that I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, throughout the game on Saturday. But I want to start off, before we dive right in, a 2-1 defeat to Derby, having gone down to 10 men. And obviously one of those talking points will be that red card, which is a is a contentious one. But uh, I know that, uh, Jack, I know you're tied up with the laws and I know you're going to tell me that actually it probably deserved a red card for, for actual <laughs> rules. So we'll, we'll go into that as well uh, in, in a lot more detail in a second. But as I say, 2-1 defeat and it just got, it just turned ugly for Derby throughout the 90 minutes. An absolute fast-paced start, um, great goal after five minutes. Don't see Derby do that all too often these days. Uh, a, a pretty decent, well-worked goal. And as I'm sure lads would have all sat there and thought, well, this is going to be an easy three points for Derby as what we wanted, keep that run going. And unfortunately, that just seemed to disappear. 
we will go into the talking points. It's the, the goal first. Uh, we'll work our way around the room. I'll start with you, Jack S. Too many Jacks. Um, Jack S. <laughs> um, I mean, from obviously off the back of the league, the league debut for uh, Paul Warner's manager against Cambridge, I was I was quite impressed with the way that he got Derby playing with with just three or four days. We then said on the podcast last week that obviously the game against Mansfield was a little bit different. He was using squad players. He had to have a look at what he got. But I think it's all in all fairness, and he said so himself in pre in his, his sorry in his press match uh, after the game that you know Derby don't look like that they've got masses of depth, and you know basically we are going to be a team that pretty much churns out the same eleven on the pitch Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, whatever it may well be. And then for Derby to start in that first five minutes, Jack, I mean, you can't want much more from your home, uh, your home first game as manager, can you? A goal after five minutes, great finish from Collins as well. That's probably the key point I want to touch on first, the, the move and the goal. And as I say, you, you know, you only really saw that game going one way and we'll discuss a bit, a little bit later how that changed. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you look at how our home form has been over the last few years anyway. Once you expect Derby to score one goal as quick as we did as well in the first five minutes, first ten minutes, and you think you just think to yourself, this is only, like you say, Jason, that it's going to, only going to go one way. Um, but unfortunately, sort of t- took our foot off the gas, sort of let the game kind of go in an opposite direction, uh, couldn't take our chances. And then next thing you know, the game's sort of out of our hands. But um no, it's unlike Derby at home, especially when we're wandering up to sort of take the game in a different direction. But I still think there's positives to take. Obviously, I know that Collins has had a red card now. He's out for a few games. But seeing him scoring goals now is perfect. I think the defenders look good. Obviously, at times, they were a bit shaky. I'm sure we'll get on to that. But um, no, I think there is still positives to take from the game, despite the obviously going away from the game, uh, getting zero points. Yeah, and that is definitely... Um... Collins missing for three games is, is a big point, is a big talking point that we'll move on to in a second. Because Jack B, um, three games ago, Collins probably doesn't finish that. And we, we spoke a lot about that against Cambridge and obviously what it looks like Paul Warren's brought to his game in such a, such a short time. It's given him that confidence as well. Obviously, a lot of that comes from himself and the two goals that he did score against Cambridge. But, you know, you've, you've, almost, you've got a striker in the first five minutes finding the back of the net. It's almost a perfect start, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, you know, I I saw that notification. I wasn't I wasn't at the game, but I I saw that and I thought oh, five minutes in, one nil up. You know, great. This is a really good start. And then, yeah, it's it it went south, didn't it? Fairly fairly quickly, uh, and then you saw you know penalty. Oh no! But yeah, if we. It's finishing, isn't it? And that's he wouldn't have finished it a few games ago. Uh, then he did. Other people put some put some chances wide that were, you know, maybe they should have got, um, should have scored. There was what there was one from Dobbin, wasn't there? That was uh, quite close. Mm. So yeah, we see he seems to have found a bit of a purple patch, and he's well relative to how he played previously, and. He seems to fit what Paul Warren wants to do and what he's done at Rotherham. If you look at some of the strikes he's had, and we don't really have anyone else of the same ilk, like and in the same mould, because McGoldrick isn't now and out number nine. Dobbin is a smaller, quicker player. I mean, Ostler probably closest out of our our striking options. It is. It's a 
it's a massive miss. Um, and what is it? Did, did Warren say three games? Mm. Yeah, but, maybe, but yeah, maybe three games, yeah. It, it's that striker's instinct that he seems to have got back that that we saw within five minutes and we'll, we'll miss now. I think you will. I think obviously something we'll come on to as well it is it's the three games that he misses um, because it's obviously, I don't know if they'll count in the, uh, in the uh, Peter trophy um, for, against Man City under 21s. I, I don't know if it will, but I mean, you look at the three games he's potentially going to miss in the league. Accrington, obviously we're going to go on to talk about who we come up against on Saturday. We've got an absolute fantastic home record. Ipswich, which is probably Derby's biggest game of this season. And if they don't win that, all of a sudden that gap started to look even bigger than it currently is because they they are in some form. And I'm not sure who's the game after that, but I know it's obviously, uh, you know, any any game without a striker in form is uh, is never a good one. And uh, Chris League will come... game after that. Yeah. Hold on. League game after that. I've got it somewhere. Uh, Exeter at home. Well, uh, you know, another one where you know you've got you've got to hope after two tricky away performances that Derby can pick something up uh, on the road. So, yeah, you're right. You are you are going to be missing your striker. Um, and as I say, we're going to talk about that challenge in a second with Jack. But Chris, <clears throat> we'll bring you in. Jack mentioned that. I say Collins, solid goal. Derby often puffed in that first half for me. And again, one of the first other talking points of note is. The the penalty that wasn't that was but then was missed. So you know we don't we don't mind them ones. Yeah. I've looked at the replay three or four times. I can't see on earth how he's given it, and this is the start probably of um, a, a poor day at the office for the officials. But it, it's moments in games like that, Chris, that can change things, can't it? And you've got to hope that well, obviously in that instance, Derby got away with one, and and unfortunately didn't learn the lessons and gave another one away a little bit later on, which we'll cover in a bit, but. Just that first half, Derby got the goal, and you think, like I say, you think to yourself, right, Derby going to move on, probably double the lead before half time. And I don't remember Derby creating massive clear cut chances, unfortunately. And it, it seemed like Port Vale had got to grips with them quite quickly. And as we saw that game develop, I know the sending off helps. The midfield, Port Vale just dominated, I thought, on Saturday. And obviously, Derby were, were... We know Derby's a strong midfield side. If Derby's midfield comes out on top, we know Derby tend to get the result. If they don't, then we can see that they struggle. But not the first-half performance after going a goal up that you'd want, Chris. No, absolutely not. And I think you said it right there. Port Vale works out our style very, very quickly. But I don't think, personally, that's, that's very difficult. I mean, you know... League One, no Paul Warren style. Um, you know, time will tell whether he can play other ways. Um, I think he'll have to because I personally don't think we can play two up front with the striking options we, we, we've got now for the next three games. So he has to go to a, to a plan B or C. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was predictable. You know, great goal. Um, really pleased. For Collins, he's seen hopefully once he comes back off from suspension, he'll pick that form up again. But it was a predictable derby first half. And, you know, not just the Warns derby, the derby of the last two, two, three years, not taking, um, not taking chances, not dominating the ball as we should. You know, there are, there are very few midfield three better than ours, in my opinion. They should be dominating. Um, and yeah, we were dominated. Um, and, you know, if you'd said um, three, four weeks ago that we we're going to be dominated by a Port Vale side who are struggling, 
would have been hard to um, contemplate. But yeah, it was frustrating. Um, it should have been one of those games where we went on to score two, three, four, maybe even five. You know, we bode someone, I've said, a thrashing for quite a long time. It should have been on, I should, it should have been on, on Saturday. Um, and yeah, we just, we just didn't, we just didn't take the chances at the right time. And no matter what league you're in, if you don't do that, you will be punished. Um, and sadly, um, we were. Um, and I know that the referee didn't help, but it should have been out of sight before that came into, came into play, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would fully agree with you. And I, I mean, I, I'll agree with you, Chris. I think I, I predicted a a 4-0 win on the on the podcast and I say after five minutes you expect Derby to go on in all fairness no matter who they've come up against over the last few years at home we've, we've seen them beat some of the best teams in the division whatever division we've been in at home by going in front and yeah um, unfortunately as you quite rightly pointed out Chris Derby Derby's afternoon went slightly sour and got, got worse as it progressed in what was a, a frantic 15 minutes of the second half and Jack this is your time to shine because you're going to you're going to talk us through First of all, obviously, you know, Derby concede, which is, it's a sloppy goal. There's no doubt about that. Questionable defending all around it. That's the first sucker punch. The second one that you don't want three minutes later is one is your focal point up front getting sent off for allegedly punching somebody in the face. Now, we know from replays he didn't touch him, but we know, and you're going to back this up, that unfortunately the letter of the law states that that is, that is a red card and nobody can really argue it. Yeah, obviously, my main thing being a Derby fan, you wouldn't want to see any player get sent off. But obviously, within the letter of the law, um, the referees made the right decision. And, and I think over the last few years, we've probably seen more and more where we probably get red cards from players doing stupid things rather than tactical fouls and little things like that. So um, obviously, I don't think I don't think that situation helped at all. Um, I think what kind of baffled me more was the, the free kick that he gave against Stearman when Stearman was fouled. That's one thing that I just couldn't really get my head around. And obviously throughout the day, there was obviously a few weird decisions where even Stearman's handball, where he's been booked, but it wasn't Stearman that handballed it. Little things like that, where that's kind of happened throughout the day. But um, no, I don't think we can argue too much with the with the Collins red card. But like, like Chris said, the game should have been out of sight by then. We had chances. Dobbin had one, as Jack said earlier. So um, it sort of was our own fault. It was or it was going to be. It was going to happen. But um, yeah, we just got to make sure that we take our chances. Yeah, no, I mean, to be fair, just before that, I said, obviously, the first goal was poor defending. It wasn't all because the first goal, mm. the, the first goal was a penalty. It was the yeah, second goal that was poor. That, yeah. uh, and I think you're right. You, you can't argue that penalty, uh, even though the wrong person got reprimanded and yellow carded for it, which, you know, these things happen. And mm. probably not the end of the world because Conor Oren's on four bookings, so he'd have been missing as well. So that would have been if he'd have actually, who obviously conducted the ball, uh, why his arms up there as a 31-year-old you know, experienced or 32-year-old experienced player is is beyond me, really. But, um, and it just gifts them a way back into the game because for all the domination of, of Port Vale's kind of midfield did have, I never really felt threatened by what they were doing coming forward. And it was always going to be a set piece or, or obviously like a, something like a corner or, or, or a penalty that was going to lead them back into the game. Um, and then at that point, you know, with 30 minutes to go, it's, 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 it is unfortunately anybody's, you would still expect Derby to go on, but they didn't do it. And like we say, unfortunately, then four minutes later, that just didn't happen. Um, one question I've got for you, Jack, um, about refereeing is obviously in the, in the build up sort of to the red card, 
a lot of a lot of Derby fans that I've seen were seen a little bit disgruntled that you know there isn't a penalty awarded to Derby for for some. I think it's blatant holding by the defender, but as we know from football over the last few years, you know you can practically have the shirt off the player's back before they're uh, before they're giving anything like that. Is that from a refereeing standpoint? I know they try to stamp it out and they've tried you know various things over the last couple of years, but at the end of the day. It is about the officiating team who was involved in that game on on that Saturday. So, from your perspective, from a referee's perspective, what is it that he's not seen in favour of Derby? I mean, obviously, we know then the frustration kicks into the red card, but um, a penalty or not a penalty for you? For me, it's not, but I can understand why people do think it is. Because at the end of the day, even from the edge of the box where Collins is, both players are sort of grabbing onto each other's shirt. And But you can also see that the player who's sort of kind of tugging a bit more is is the defender that inevitably gets Collins sent off. Um, I can understand why people want a penalty. And it's one of those decisions where even if it's outside the box, you'd probably get a free kick for it maybe. And it's little things like that where in the box is that kind of a grey area. Uh, you kind of just let them sort of um, let them sort of go for it, but um, no, for me, Collins is doing it as well. But obviously, the reaction afterwards isn't needed, and we've obviously now lost a striker who's in form for three games. So um, I think that's probably the bigger issue for me. But like we said earlier, the game should have been sort of out of sight. But um, I don't think that decision helped with the referee's confidence at all because I think that the referee felt like he got it wrong. I think that's what ha- that's sort of from watching the highlights, things like that. Um, I just feel like the referee in his head has felt like he's got that decision wrong. And that's the reason why after then we're seeing quite a few really bad decisions. But um, yeah, like I say, for me, it's not a penalty. Chris, you want to come in on that point? Yeah, I mean, just on the shirt pulling in, in, in the box, I mean, even in the, in, in, the, in the Premier League where you've got, where you've got um, VAR, they're not giving those. So what chance have we got? You know, it, it is the most, most frustrating thing to watch. Um, but unfortunately, it's been going on for years. And if VAR in the top league in the world aren't even giving penalties for blatant shirt pulls, you know, what chance have we got? That's my point mainly. Yeah, no, I, to be honest, I would I would agree with you. And, uh, you know, hey, we, we can't sit here as Derby fans and say that we haven't done it in games because I've definitely seen it. Um, you know, you obviously you're always looking for that little advantage because it, it, it means so much. But I suppose to pose it to uh, to to a man in, in, in the position of a referee, I mean, what is it more they can do, Jack, about, you know, bringing in rules? That's, VAR was brought in. We know it's a little bit contentious, but... Um, you know, I'm sure as technology develops, it's going to get better and better. And we, we see technology coming in more and more into, into sport in general um, and into football to try and iron out these mistakes. And I know we've said it on the podcast before, obviously, certainly at our level, where I'm sure us as Derby County, we could have VAR at Pride Park. But obviously, if if the other teams in the league aren't you know able to afford it or whatever it may well be, then obviously that would be an unfair advantage. And I get that. But what is it more that taking certainly in our division, you know, VAR out of it, obviously it's not available. What more is it that can actually be done other than you just rely on those four professional officials or however many it is these days that are, that are looking at that? I mean, I think, I know they've got earpieces, earpieces, not earpieces, earpieces now, but I must admit, I don't remember seeing the linesman flag for either penalty I also don't remember seeing the linesman flagging for flagging anything towards a red card. I know that may be 
the ref's decision, I'm sure you might clear that up. But normally, you know, we see referees wave flags for fouls and things like that. I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the linesman get involved too much. Is that more of a conversation that's going on on the earpiece, Jack? Yeah, I, I, I definitely would say so. I think at my level, where you kind of at the sort of the non-league level and sort of getting into the the higher level of Sunday league football, you'd probably see me, myself or another referee sort of go over to the assistant and sort of just have a chat. And you can kind of see that visually, but I can I kind of expect that conversation to be going on in the air. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of where do we go from here in terms of the decision making and things like that, obviously over the last few weeks there's been a lot of obviously controversy over the season about um, refereeing decisions in the EFL. People said that the standard isn't up to where it needs to be. Um, and to an extent I do agree, but obviously you I think you look I think we're looking at it from a point of view of the referees in the Premier League basically get a second chance to look at it. Um, and obviously in the EFL, you've got one opportunity to get it right. And if they don't, they don't. And then you will be hearing about it over the next few weeks. Uh, but um, but for me, I just think the main thing, main thing that we can sort of take out of it is that um, we were kind of causing our own problems. And like I say, the red card, the penalties, little things like that. Obviously, there are decisions that should have gone our way, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, I, I just think it was one of those days where we were causing our own problems and maybe on another day we'd probably get those decisions. Yeah, and I mean, that is that is practically the next bit to talk about, other than, of course, Port Vale then with 10 men. And we know Derby have got a pretty decent record when playing with 10 men, but unfortunately just couldn't, for whatever reason, um, you know, get, get the equaliser after James Wilson, obviously ex-Ram, um, after some <clears throat> sloppy, sloppy defending, um, which is... Un, has been unlike us, I think, this season so far. Um, one player that I want to mention a little bit about is Curtis Davis uh, after this in a second and just sort of like his, uh, his reintroduction back into the side. I, I'm, I've not been overly impressed with him and I, I, I want to pick pick your brains on the reasons why about that, lads. But just to finish this off, Jack Bryan, um, obviously Derby go 2-1 down, they huff and they puff and they, they don't, they just don't in the end find what was needed. And I think ultimately to tie up the, the the game as a result you've got to look at it and it, it, it's it, no matter what's gone on in the game that's a that's a disappointing result for Derby it's three points you were I think penciling in to be honest at, at the beginning and it after being up on that high cloud of of um, Cambridge two weeks ago it, it's just brought Derby back down some Derby fans back down to a bump and realised that Something that we've said already on this podcast a few times, Derby are not going to get their own way in League One and they've got no right to just because of their name. They're going to have to they're going to have to play these teams and beat them. And obviously, again, unfortunately, on Saturday, that was just an example where Derby didn't play well enough to beat them. And and I don't think there can be any any complaints about the result. They can't, can that? Because it is as simple as we didn't take the chances we got. And we pro- and we didn't defend well enough. You know, there's, as you say, really sloppy for the second goal. Um, you know, it could have been out of sight, potentially should have been. And then the refereeing decisions don't really impact it. But this is this is football. It's it's how it goes. It's why we all love it when, when it goes in our favour. And, I mean, I, you know, I was speaking to someone before the game on Saturday. They were asking who we got. And I'm saying, you know, Port Vale at home. It's, Warren's first home game, and it's, it's all, you know, oh, well, you should win that, shouldn't you? It's Port Vale. But that's, as you say, that's League One. That's the way it works. You've just got to ask 
Sunderland or Ipswich or Portsmouth who've been there how many years now? It's it's the beauty of the league. It's just unfortunate as a fan of the of one of the big teams. It's great for everyone else. But yeah, it's it's humbling, isn't it, for people, I think, because it was a really good performance against Cambridge. I think we all came away from that really happy. And last week has been more of a reality check with, with Mansfield and with Port Vale. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Jack S, you come in on that. Yeah, I completely agree with what Jack's saying. I think what you mentioned as well, Jason, in recent podcasts, that Derby have got no right to, even to be in this league. And there's no reason for us to say that we deserve to be romping it because we're Derby County. Um, but no, I just do think that over the last few games, we're just seeing how tough this league is. It's not going to be a walk in the park and it's shown that it's not going to be in the walk, walk in the park. It might take us two years to get out of the division, but we're looking at teams like Port Vale, where even Jack said that his mate said that we should be winning this game before, um, before we even kicked off. And that's, and that's the right way of thinking about it because it's Port Vale. But we are Derby County and we don't deserve to be in this division, but we just still have to respect teams that we're in. Um, but yeah, like, like Jack said, just to echo what Jack said, we've just kind of got to make sure that we play our own football um, and then hopefully we can sort of slowly make our way up the table and just see where we are at the end. Yeah, if only football was played on paper, eh? Um, (laughs) the final point I want to mention about the game as a whole Chris I want to bring you in we we used because you put you picked it up uh, well we both kind of mentioned it we've all kind of agreed with it Derby's midfield did feel like that was probably the area that cost us the game on Saturday with the change in formation that we've had recently obviously going to this 3-5-2 okay maybe you know the players aren't quite as used to it but for me if you've got five in there you should not be getting overrun at all, really, let alone no disrespect against team of lesser opposition. I think it, you have to agree it is lesser opposition. What was it about that midfield that just for, for you didn't just didn't click on Saturday? Well, I think, um, you know, that's like there's the argument that a burden who remain too, too similar in terms of terms and style. And um, you picked up on a point early, Jason, you know, last season we were beating top, top teams at home. But unfortunately, it's been the Derby, I said, the Derby way for the last three, four, three, four years. Lesser teams, and inverted commas, com, come to come to Pride Park, and we drop, unfortunately, to that to, to that level. You know, if Bird and Hurahane and Knight play to their full whack, you know, we should be playing these teams off 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 the park. But you know, it is just so frustrating, especially. Um, on Saturday, there's been a couple of frustrating, especially away performance this season. But it, it was that could have happened to us against Oxford first game of the season. You know, had it had it not been for a bit of a bit of luck here here and there. Um, but it's just, just we've got to bear in mind Paul Warren's only had a couple of weeks. You know, um, he what he wants to implement his style of play. And for us Derby fans, it's a very different style of play to what we've been used to for a good, I'd argue, 10, 10 years since the first McLaren era. So we have to be patient with that. We're not going to play teams off the park in League One, no matter how much we want to. Um, you can play teams off the park in the Championship because they're trying to match up to you. But there are very few teams in League One. You know, you've got your Ipswich, your Portsmouth, who play very good football that I personally think we've got more chance of beating 
because they play that style of style of football. And we have to adapt very quickly to the teams like Port Vale, to Morecambe, to Accrington, who we're playing on Saturday. They're not going to let you play that style of football. Um, and we need to adapt to that. We need to adapt to that very, very quickly. And I think for Paul Warren, January is crucial. You know, you mentioned we've not got a we've not got a lot of strength in depth. Um, so his signings in, in January will really um, show what his intentions are. Um, we 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 we've got the flair players, but we also need the players who against ten men against the lower league opposition um, or a team sorry lower than us in 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 the league we've we've got we've got to be able to crack them um because plan a isn't always always going to work so yeah in answer to your previous point it wasn't just the midfield but as soon as you lose the midfield in this league uh, it's very hard to get that back and i think that proved so then lads every week on the episodes we we do try and sort of talk about one player and uh, you know how things have gone over the last couple of weeks Max Bird's been the man who's who's kind of been slated and then um applauded for his performance against Cambridge so I'm not going to use Max Bird as an example today but I did mention it in the first section the man I want to talk about is obviously Derby County captain Curtis Davis and of course we did miss him for a few games he he, he was out injured and he's come back and I think it was it was Liam's last game that he came, I think it was, that he came back into. And then obviously since then, new manager in a new formation. You would think with a man of his experience, he should be able to slot straight into that. But there seems to be, and I think you can forgive it, because obviously, as I say, it's a new formation. Players are, are still learning learning that thing. Now, I am not anywhere near going to start slating Curtis Davis for uh, for for what he's what he's done. But what I do want, I, it's a debate. That's what I want. And Chris, I'll come to you first. Since his comeback, do you think he's? Do you think there's been something lacking from Curtis in terms of direction, organisation, uh, whatever it may well be? Because for me personally, I've not been overly impressed with him over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I I would I would agree with that. I think you've got to bear in mind that literally for the last probably year he has been Cashin's, you know, Cashin's been next to him. It's been two centre backs, and it's just been those two, um, and he's been teaching and guiding on the pitch and off it. Now you've got another centre back involved. Obviously Chester, he's hugely experienced. He doesn't need that mentoring, um, and Cashin. I personally think has got to the stage now where he doesn't need the arm around the shoulder every every time. So I think he's finding his his role. It's going to be a new role for him, part of a back three. Um, you know, we know he isn't the quickest, he isn't the tallest, but his experience is invaluable to us. And I think, you know, not being sentimental, but we can forgive the few odd duff um, games because... He has got us out of jail so many times before. Um, my opinion, if it wasn't for him, we'd have been relegated from the championship a lot, lot earlier last season. Um, so yeah, he like everyone, he needs to he needs time to adapt to a new manager, a new formation, um, and I think the formation is going to change again, as I mentioned earlier mm. on on 
on Saturday. And um, yeah, he, like everyone else, has got to learn to adapt to it. Just because he's been there and done that doesn't make that any easier. So, No, I would agree. And do you think, Chris, it is, it is a case of pretty much everything you've just called out there? And like I say, it's, it's definitely not a criticism. It's, it's almost a bit of a surprise that he's not been the same player as he was last season. And, and, and is that down to the amount that was sort of expected of him. I think it, it's probably a fair way of putting it last season because everything was, he, he was the talent. He was that man at the back. He didn't miss a minute. Everything was about Curtis Davis this season. Obviously, that, as you've pointed out there, he's got other experience around him. He probably doesn't necessarily need to do that. And there's a slight part of that that makes me think, obviously he can then just concentrate on his own job and, you know, the, the defending side of things. But I suppose when you are that player last season to this, that is actually quite a big change for him. He, as you say, even as a, a 37, 38-year-old veteran, that's still going to take some getting used to, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, from a personal point of view, I'm quite pleased the spotlight isn't on the 37-year-old centre-back. Um, I, I, I quite like it as a derby fan that we're not focused on that, that we're focusing on our midfield and, and forward play because... It was the Alamo last season, wasn't it? Every game felt like it was us against against the world, um, and he was very much that focal point in the in the change room and in the media um, and on the pitch as well. So, from a personal point of view, I said I'm quite pleased the spotlight's been taken off him, um, but that's what he's been used to, um, and maybe he is trying that a little bit too hard, um, and he should just go back to playing his natural game, which he's very good at. And it will work in a back, in a centre-back two or a centre-back three. He just needs to be given time to adapt to that. But as I say, if I'm, if it's the rest of the season, the spotlight is on someone like James, James Collins or Max Burl or Cora Hurahan, I think that will mean we haven't shipped as many goals as we have done in recent years. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's, that's a fair point. Um, Jack B will come to you obviously same question as I'm pretty sure we're all going to sort of have the same answers we we don't want to we don't want to dig deep into uh, Curtis Davis's form but as I say it is, it is a player with a with a talking point um what have you made from him since he's since he's come back from injury Jack do you think he's uh, agree with me and Chris that he's he's probably not quite been the same uh, same player as as he was last season yeah I mean he's he's not he's not been the same player um I mean he's it was that Lincoln game, wasn't it? He was he was back for that one as well, I think. And he he got a fair bit of stick um, from fans. To be fair, the whole team did. That was the you know that was the one that caused a lot of debate over kind of you know should we be happy to be saved or do we need to be a spy? You know, or is it the old we're we're too big for this league? We've got to be thrashing Lincoln. Um, if you remember back to that, yeah. But the, the other thing with Curtis Davis, though, is he was ill on Saturday, wasn't he? He wasn't in the squad. So, what effect did that have on the on the game? It's the other the other question there, I guess. Did we miss him? the The defending for the second goal was is that better with him? Who Who knows? You know, sometimes you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And if we had him uh, missing for a sustained period of time, would we realise, or you know, do we see? And can we afford to miss him now? Because, yeah, I think if he if he has to be out for a few games at various points, we'll we'll probably be able to get away with it now. 
Whereas last season we couldn't. And I guess that's like what Chris is saying. He's not the he's not the be all and end all now, is he? So it's a it's a different role and it's a different mindset. But he's still he's still a crucial part of the overall squad, I would say. Is the uh, yeah is the key point and the the off the pitch as well. He could he could have three months in really bad form, and I think we'd all still be thinking, "Well, he's a model professional. He's he's a good person to have around for the youngsters to learn from." Just in you know in the way he conducts himself and everything as well. But yeah, um, will we? Yeah, does he need a couple more games out? Obviously, we don't know what what the illness was on Saturday. And perhaps he was rushed back a bit. So I think we can afford to give him time if, if that's what's needed. But yeah, obviously, I, I'm not qualified to say that, really. That's no, I, down to the coaches. I, I think that's a very fair evaluation of it, to, to be honest with you, Jack. That you, And we know, you know, a lot of players last season, especially somebody of that age, playing as many games as he did last season. I mean, how many games he actually got through just on the adrenaline and, and that kind of thing is is not surprising. And I suppose then with the massive, obviously, he was still club captain, the massive summer, didn't know that he was going to resign, although we always kind of thought that he probably would, but there was a legitimate re, you know thing that that might not have happened. It's an interesting one, obviously, we, we've talked over the last couple of episodes about, you know, clearing out the old guard and all that kind of thing. But obviously, Curtis Davis, for me, Jack S will come into you and obviously you'll get your opinion on this. Curtis Davis is one of the players that you wanted to keep around from last season because of what he brings. And maybe it's just, say he's, he's had a couple of knocks, he's had a couple of niggles, he's now been ill. And sometimes a, a player who is, is a, of a club captain status, you know, and we know and what well, we can only go on what we see and what we hear and we see and we hear that, you know, he's a, he's a Derby fan. He's, you know, he, he he does everything about, he loves everything about the club and that's why he's been with us for so long. I mean, we've talked, obviously, and we've all talked on podcasts and, and, and chatted with our mates about what, you know, everything that went off in the summer and basically the last 18 months has done to us personally as, as mental health. But then when you look at a player like that, who's given, what, six, is it six years, seven years, it may well be at, at Derby, you know, what sort of a, what sort of an impact it's had on him and, there's probably not really been the time for them to to soak that in and, and reflect and understand before obviously a shortened preseason because of, of of everything going off in the summer. It was it was all guns blazing. And you know, and then obviously he's picked up the injuries as well. But Jack S, your opinion on Curtis Davis's start to the season as uh, at Derby. I think it's fair to say, just to echo what everyone said, I think we'd all love for Curtis Davis to play all 46 games throughout the season, including the cup games, all of that, and him to be able to put in nine out of 10, eight out of 10 performances every single week. But unfortunately, at the age that he is and the, the injuries that he's getting, I just don't think we're going to be seeing that. Um, for me, I, I, I love Curtis Davis and I think I echo everything for the fans where if, if he was given a stadium, I'd be the first in line to go and see it. I, I absolutely love him. I think everything to do with the club he values it I think Derby fans we all sort of have a sort of persona of we want players to care we want players to play for the badge we, if, you, if you're here for the money we kind of we, we aren't really wanting that and things like that and I just think that Curtis Davis even players like Craig Bryson in the past who may not have been top top tier quality but because they've fought, fought for the badge every single game we've um, we've kind of grown to, to become heroes at the club and I just think that this season 
um, we're slowly sort of seeing the decline of Curtis Davis a tiny bit and um, maybe having the three at the back, having two next to him to protect him um, kind of helps him that little bit. But I just, I do think the games like Port Vale and little teams like Ch- Cheltenham, Morecambe, where they're not going to be amazing football inside, they're, they're probably the games that we want to be seeing Curtis Davis play in. Whereas teams like Accrington and Ipswich, we've got in the next two games, you'd probably expect to go for a different back three or maybe even turn into a back four just because of the fact they're better football inside. And Curtis Davis, at the age that he is, the injuries that he's getting, will probably not be able to keep up with them. Um, but no, I, I think I speak for everybody when I say that he's. I think I think he's an absolute hero for the club, and I think for, for how long he's been here, six seven years. Um, I don't think his um, reputation, even if he does have a bad season, will be um, harnessed by any Derby fan because he's been he's been amazing for us over the last few years. So we will turn attentions with that to Saturday and we're off to Accrington. It's uh, it's the first time in a couple of years. Obviously, we played him in the cup uh, when uh, when Mr Lampard was in charge of Derby and a 1-0 victory on that day. Some bold geezer was jumping up and down in the front row with the away fans. I'm not sure who he was. We, we don't mention him on, on this podcast anymore. But um, yeah, so <clears throat> I, I remember that cup game quite well and it was... Not a pretty game of football. One thing that Accrington do very well, very well at home, is they have a style and they they do win a lot of games at home. This season, they're what? Two places below us, one point behind us. They've played 12, won four, drew four, lost four. It, they are as down the middle, 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 mid-table side as, as you could put them. Um, but of course, with them being at home, that probably, in all fairness, for probably one of the first times this season, I'm going to admit it, probably tilts the favour of this game, uh, the balance, they're, they're in their favour, I, I would say. I think, I know it's shocking to say, really, but I think Derby go into this game as, actually as slight underdogs, which is, they might, Derby might not see it that way, and every other Derby fan may disagree with me, but I, I do genuinely think that Derby go into this one slightly, slightly as underdogs. Again, uh, obviously, with everything new manager, new formation, we're going to we're missing our our main striker, and we're coming up against a team who know how to play at home. Jack B, we'll come to you first. Accrington on Saturday, it's it's the first of two difficult away trips in the division, and we said it a couple of weeks ago when I think we had a couple, um, and we didn't really come out of those very well. Derby are going to have to, if they want to do something already at such an early stage of the season, if Derby want to keep up with those teams towards the top, obviously we play one in Ipswich in, uh, in, in a week's time. Um, Derby are going to have to go on Saturday and get something, aren't they? But I'm, I'm, it's one of those games where I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, it's one of those that, I mean, some people call it a banana skin, but I, I don't think it even is. I think, as you say, we are probably underdogs. I think they're very good at, at what they do. They're, only lost once at home all season whilst we've struggled on the road. Um, I think, you know, as we were saying earlier, football isn't played on paper. You take the names out of it, you take the form, you take their home form, our away form, as I say. And yeah, you you fancy them to win it. And they've got they've got some really decent players for the league as well. I mean, you've got, if I just pull this up here, I, I didn't have a chance to do as much research as normal beforehand, but... Uh, 
you know, you've got the, the right back, Mitchell Clark, who's got four assists from right back already. And you've got uh, Sean McConville, of course, who seems to pop up every now and then with, with something. Four goals to assist there. But it, but it is, you know, John Coleman has got them playing effectively, hasn't he? That's that's the thing. They're, they're say, very good at what they do. And I don't think this is going to end the same way. I don't think he's going to be falling out of love with football come the end of Saturday. No, uh, and unfortunately, we normally would uh, would get an Accrington's perspective, but unfortunately, we've not been able to arrange anything. So, uh, the, unfortunately, the knowledge on on Accrington is a little bit weak this week on the podcast, I'm afraid. But um, um, Chris Accrington Saturday. I mean, I think Jack, you use the word banana skin. You, you're right; it probably isn't quite as as bad as that. But th- this is th- I, this is a game that Derby go into, and um, you know it's. We've seen already after 12 games, nobody's fearing Derby County coming to their own ground, are they? And um, Derby, have, as you pointed out earlier on in the first section, Derby have got to find a way to get through these games in this division if they want to achieve something this year. And I think Saturday is probably an absolute perfect example of Derby are going to have to go there and possibly try something a little bit different to get a result from what we've seen from our previous away games. Cambridge aside. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Accrington Stanley away is the stereotypical League One fixture, isn't it? You know, um, I think John Coleman, correct me if I'm wrong, John Coleman replaced James Beattie as manager. So he's been there for like eight, nine years. Um, you know, you don't stay at a football club that long if you aren't, if, if you aren't very good. You know, there are no expectations at Accrington, I would have thought. I don't think they'd expect to be up near the near the playoffs or challenging for promotion they want to stay in league in league one um but i think we have to get out of our heads as derby fans and maybe the players as well you know away games this season we're going to sell out the away stand every game we're going to have on paper the better players but it's a lot more than that that's needed to win league one away matches you know as you say the style's got to be and got to be adaptable um we're not going to win games when you know the stats every week we've got the highest away attendance in league in, in league one that's important but it's on the pitch where the game's won and Accrington they're used to their style of play they're used to their manager um they know their expectations um and we've got to adapt to that and it, as you say they probably go in as favourites and being a Derby fan, you know, thinking the last five, ten years, would I have said that I accept that we're not favourites against Hackwood and Stanley? No, but that's the position we're in. That's that's the league we're in. Um, and a sold-out away end and best players on the pitch on paper isn't going to give us three points. So, as saying that, I hope we win three, four, five, Five nil, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, no, I, I would agree. I will to finish off. We always do a score prediction, so I'll be I'll be back around the room in a minute. But just to have your your say as well, Jack S. Um, Accrington Saturday. It, it's 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 one that you know Paul Warren should want. He's used to this type of team. He's used to this type of fixture. 
Um, maybe why we saw such, it'd be interesting to see what kind of result we do get on Saturday. And then we can, you know, we can compare a couple of away games with an home game and, and, and see how we fare. But for yourself, Accrington on Saturday, what are you expecting from Derby? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, earlier, Jason, when you said that this is a typical League One fixture. I mean, playing Accrington um, away from home. I remember the last time we played that the pitch was absolutely terrible. And obviously there's that iconic video of the manager saying that he's fallen out of love with football, which um, always gets brought around any time. But um, no, I just think that um, it's it's never going to be easy any game in this division. But I think, again, you, you look at our squad on paper, we should be winning this game, but we've seen that we can't beat players based on the team that the players that we've got um but obviously I'd like to see us come out come out on top but it's just going to be one of those days where I think we're going to be fighting until the till the whistle's blown at the end of the match and hopefully we can uh, come out on top yeah no I, I I would agree and just to give my opinions as well I, I'd, I'd agree it's it is it's a typical it is it's a typical league one pitch a little bit earlier obviously in the season than um than we played them obviously a couple of years ago in the FA cup the weather's been um relatively decent so you'd like to think after what probably only four or five home games for for Accrington that pitch isn't quite as chewed up as it may well have been you know three or four oh, years they'll ago. find a way <laughs> I'm sure they will but at the end of the day you know we talk about our style of football should be good enough to beat league one teams it's all about finding that edge and teams who have that site type of setup that type of ground I mean um was it Lincoln you know really narrow pitch um Cambridge last Saturday, you know, the, the away stand is what 15 yards away from the edge of the pitch. It's, it's little things like that, that you have to use in your favor to get an edge when you're quite an average, you know, when you've got average teams and they're all kind of the same, kind of same and play the same way. So I suppose whatever little edge you can get, then, you know, that that's, that's for your benefit. And as I say, whatever Accrington does do at home, and not just this season, over the last couple of seasons, they are one of the teams in League One or wherever league they've been in. Their home form is incredible. And it's going to take a lot, I think, for Derby to to go there on Saturday and get any sort of a positive result. And I think probably, for me, the, one of the first times this season that I will turn around and say, if Derby can come away with a point on Saturday, that's a positive result. And for that matter, uh, for that, I, I'm going to kick off the score predictions and... I'm worried that James Collins is now out and it gives somebody else a chance. That's great. But we haven't seen any of the other strikers other than Dobbin in the cup hit the back of the net yet. And that's, that is a little bit of a worry. Um, and as Jack pointed out earlier, you know, Accrington have scored a few goals. There's, there's create, there's chances in there. And so I'm, I'm toying with the idea of nil, nil. I must admit, because um, as we've as we've seen, you know, Derby haven't really really scored all too many, and I think the other players who are kind of the threats for Derby over the in this new system in terms of Mendes Lang, he's obviously he's not been getting quite the same uh, the same opportunities. So, but then you always, unfortunately, you always fancy Derby to concede, don't you? And still, even at this level, so. Uh, maybe I'm going to change my opinion, and I think actually I'm going to go one-one. And I think if Derby can come come back down the M6 or, or from from up northwest way, I think Accrington is. If Derby can come back down on Saturday afternoon with a point in the bag, uh, going into that uh, under-21s game against Man City and keep that roll going before before Ipswich, then I think I'll be an happy fan. 
Jack B, we'll come to you. Score prediction for Saturday, mate. I mean, to be quite honest, I'm I'm not that optimistic. I, I think they're probably going to take it. And I, I really shouldn't do this as a Derby fan on the Derby podcast, but I'm probably going to predict the loss. I think they might. I think it'll be kind of scrappy and I think they'll take it. I think I'll go 1 0 to them. I, I think we're going to struggle because it is. It's just a tough place to go. But I really hope I'm proven wrong. But yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that hopeful. I, I'd rather get the result on, on Sunday than Saturday anyway, at least, I guess. But you know. Well, yes, more on that later on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, honesty. Honesty is the best policy. Honesty on that is what we're here for. We can't. We're not Corey. Corey predicts Derby to win four 0 every week. You can't. You can't afford to do that. Um, we're we're too long in the tooth for that. Um, Chris, we'll come to you. Score prediction. And like you say, you want a three four five nil for the Rams. But what's what? What do you think's a, a more realistic uh, realistic option for Saturday? I think I think I'm going to be the most boring Davidson on a podcast and say it's going to be nil nil. And I would take that right now. Yeah. Um, as horrible as it sounds, um, it's going to be it's going to be scrappy. It's a touch. The pitch is going to be rubbish. Um, and yeah, I will take a nil nil with no suspensions, no injuries. Come back home right now. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's, that's my expectation. Yeah, not far off me at all. Not far off my thoughts at all. And uh, to round up this week's episode, Jack S. Come in with your score prediction for Saturday, mate, please. Um, unfortunately, I think this is probably going to be the most boring set of results that we've probably seen. But I also don't see us coming away. From, I don't see us coming away with three points. Um, I, I always see Derby conceding away from home, um, but I do see us scoring. I just see someone like Nathaniel Mendes Rang or Barkhouse, and let's see if he kind of goes through the middle or if he does play out wide this time. But um, no, I think it will be. I think it will be one-one, like Jason said. But. Um, no, like, like I say, I hope that I'm proven wrong and we walk away with three points. Oh, absolutely. We're, hey, we're all, I think we all hope we're wrong with those, with those four. They must be the four most depressing we've predicted for quite, for quite <laughs> yeah. some time. But, but I think it's, it, it's a realistic, it's a realistic thing. And I think something to echo Chris, you mentioned it earlier, and I think we all kind of feel it is that Derby, as for us as Derby fans, a, a fair few of them still do believe that we should be walking League One. And, football isn't played that way and it is results like this that for me as a fan I'm going to get more satisfaction I'd love to see Derby win every week of course I would turning up grinding out performance I'm I'm happy to see those I want to see the four five nils as well you want to be entertained but it's it's about Derby showing that they they've got the style to play at this level and I think that was sort of questioned with Rossini in charge we've all thought that Paul Warren's going to come in and give us that it's. I know it's only the third game in, and it's going to be a little bit harsh on him. But he's going to sooner rather than later. He's going to have to start proving it. And what you know, Saturday for me is is probably one of the toughest places to go with their with their style, with their record. Obviously, Ipswich coming up as well. We know that's not going to be easy, but we know that they do play a different style of football. Um, it, it's a big game. It's a big game for me Saturday. And as we say, we don't predict Derby to to come away with three points. Unfortunately, this week, but. Um, yeah, if we can get back down the road with uh, with a point, I think we'd all be uh, we'd all be pretty happy. But that's it for this part of the podcast, lads. It's been absolute pleasure, Jack B. As always, it's been great, and I know you've got the next segment coming up on the podcast with Corey, where we talk to Amy about the women's East Midlands derby coming up on Sunday. Stay tuned for that part. 
Um, but J- Jack S, absolute cracking to have you on. Derby perspective, refereeing perspective. It's been absolutely brilliant getting your insights, mate. And we will definitely get you back on the podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Jason. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good, not a problem. And Chris, as always, you 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 know you can tell you're a bit of a veteran with a with with Derby County podcasts. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have your insights on our podcast. And fingers crossed, we can have you on again, mate. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Jez. Thanks, Jason, for that insightful discussion. Where, as he said there, Jack, we are moving on to matters that are most important because obviously Derby play on Saturday against Accrington Stanley, but the Derby County women have an important game on Sunday and it's Corey here. Jack, you were part of the previous conversation. Sorry, I wasn't able to join you for that segment, Um, but we're here to discuss the big game of the weekend and that's Derby County women versus Nottingham Forest women at the city ground. And Jack, we have a special guest, a returning guest. Rams Review um, is pleased to welcome back. Derby County women's top goal scorer this season so far. And every time she's come on the podcast, she scores goals afterwards. So I don't know, draw your own yeah. conclusions, Jack, mm-hmm. off of that one. Uh, but it's none other than Amy Sims. Amy, welcome back. And thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me again. So Amy, um, let, let's get, let's get to it. I was watching Monday night football. I was watching Forrest. They picked up a point, unfortunately, um, but whatever. But the thing that really drew my attention was around the advertising hottings, uh, I would say for a large swath of the game, Nottingham Forest women, Derby County women, city ground on Sunday. And I just thought immediately about you uh, and the other girls that are going to go there and play. And I thought, wow, what an amazingly big game. How excited are you for the game on Sunday? Yeah, no, massively excited. It seems to be that when we play at the stadiums, we seem to get a huge amount of um, support obviously probably for us on Sunday um, but no it's just great to see the game growing you know a couple of years ago you wouldn't have seen it being advertised around the billboards um, but yeah no it's just such an exciting game getting to play at um, grounds you know it's my second time at City Ground now um, but yeah it's just really exciting stuff and something that I know all the girls um, have been speaking about as well you know this a lot of younger players in the team this year and they've never played at stadium. So, you know, it's really exciting for them as well. So to play against Forest as well um, makes it even better. Yeah, it makes it a bit spicy. We're not going to talk about the England women versus the United States women. We're not going to talk about that <laughs> on this podcast because VAR played its role and we have differing opinions and that's okay. That's what football is <laughs> all about. Um, but Jack, this is this is a massive game and it's massive for... Um, the continued growth of the game as we talked with Amy about in our previous segments this is I think this is the first women's game this season for Derby County women at one of the men's stadiums at the city ground I mean it should be a tremendous atmosphere shouldn't it because I know you'll be in attendance Jack yeah I'll be there and I'm excited it should be a really good occasion and it is it's the more the more of these games that can happen the the quicker we'll see the growth I would hope I think it's a it's a really good sign when these things happen because we are we're starting to see a lot more and we've we've done well in them previously as well so um, I'm hopeful I've tried to get a little bit of information on on Forest as well I mean that's that's probably where I'd say we I'd like a bit more growth in terms of the, uh, the stats and all of that because it takes an awful lot of research to find anything more than just goal scorers but but yeah I'm I'm excited and we you know we're 
we were unbeaten away from home, although that's not that big because we have only played two games away from home. But even still, one, one league game. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're unbeaten. I mean, that was a, a great result on Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, Amy, you got the you got the goal for that. Yeah, no, it was a great result because it's always a place that you go to and, you know, it's a hard team to play against. It's a completely different kind of game. You kind of grind out a result. Um, so to come away with that with the three points rather than where we've kind of slipped up before uh, one point or zero points was really pleasing and just carrying on that momentum, hopefully, um, onto Sunday. And, and Amy, we, we talked a little bit about last season, obviously, your your role is kind of you know, the defender who gets likes to get their shorts dirty and likes to get stuck in. And you've now evolved and you're now playing in a midfield role and you now are the top scorer. Um, are you surprised about the amount of goals that you're you're scoring so far? And are you enjoying playing a more creative kind of role rather than just breaking up play all the time? Uh, yeah, definitely surprised about um, the amount of goals that I've been scoring. Um, I guess that is down to the team as well. You know, they're putting the ball balls into the right now I'm just I just happen to be the one that's on the end of it or at the right place at the right time but no it's it's a really exciting position actually um a lot of exciting young players around me as well so it's just something different to kind of when you're playing that fullback role um this spells games where you're probably out of out of the game for a bit, you know, if it's going down the left-hand side for a while. Whereas playing in the middle of the park, you're always involved and you've always got to be focused and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, no, it's definitely a more exciting role. Uh, but the goals have, have been a big surprise. I thought there might be a couple, but not as many as I've got so far. Yeah, it's, it's nine, isn't it? So that's, I mean, in what have we played? Six league games? Yeah, that's right. Because some of them have played seven. We've played six. That's right. I looked at that. Um, should remember that, but um, it is, and I think we're playing some good football as well. Even even the game I was at, the one game I've been able to get to so far was um, was filed at home when we, you know, that was a that was a loss, wasn't it? But even that game, we were the, you know, we, we impressed. It was entertaining, and I mean, if you saw some idiots in the sat in the stand on his phone, that's me making notes. But I, I was actually enjoying it. You know, it's. It's a really good, really good product. It's really good to be able to just go and back back the team. And I think the more people we get doing that, the better. So that's that's big. I mean, what have you thought about the season so far overall? How have you how have you felt it's gone? Are you happy with it, or is it kind of underwhelming? What's what are we? We're fifth, aren't we? So um, I think it's a mixture because I think if you look at you know the league table last year was coming second you'd think oh they're really push they're going to be pushing them for top of the league this year but we kind of knew coming into the season you know a few players had retired a few players had left for many different reasons and you kind of look at it now and it it is a lot like it is a young squad like I'm classed as a senior player and I'm 23 so you kind of look at the squad and you know that actually it's going to be momentum building I think the last part um of the current season like the form we're in really shows that we're starting to build more momentum now and like you were saying about this the style of play I know we lost against Fylde, um, but actually some of the passages of play and the football that we were trying to play was really exciting and really good football so you can kind of look at the table and kind of say you know you always want to win the league that's everyone's aim within the league um, but I think 
now we are really starting to get into our groove and starting to get into our rhythm and hopefully the points will keep coming from that and anything happens within this league it's such a it's such a close league like the middle section of the league especially um and Burnley aren't too far away running with it yet so you know anything can happen especially you know if we if we get the three points on Sunday then you've got a big game against Wolves the following Sunday um this this month could really be a, a big month for us yeah, that's another grudge match, actually, really, considering last season, isn't it? Because they they topped the league, didn't they? And then lost out to Southampton in the playoffs to get up to the championship. So that will be another big one. Might try and get to that. But um, it is. It's it's a really good run of games. And then there'll be a fair few on the road because of how many we had at home at the start. And that leaves us with a, a decent run in at the end with a fair few back at home. But, um, yeah, I think... I'm. I have to say, I'm. I'm excited for the entire season. From what I saw in that the game I was at, I think. Yeah, I think we're in very good shape. I mean, yeah. It's. I'll. I'll just pass back to Corey here because what I mean, what I've, you know, I'm just looking at this and a little bit on Forest as well. So the little bit I could find, I, I know I've got a contact, but I couldn't find much. Um, they. The other thing to note with them is. They're, they're goal scorers and they seem to be a bit more spread out than us. I mean, we've had, to be fair, I think we've just been scoring a really high number of goals, actually, and that's what's made it quite entertaining. So, so you've got nine and then like Jess Camwell's got three and there's a few on two or three. You look at them and you've got one player on three in the league, one of which is a penalty, and then a load of players, three players on two goals. So we're, you know, it's, it's attacking football. We're getting, we're getting goals. Obviously, we did have two massive wins in there, which, you know, skews it slightly. I think the entertainment factor is definitely there. And that's that's exciting going forward as well. If You know, this is a young squad, already impressing. And over time, it'll hopefully build, as you say. It's, it's year one of, a, I guess, a little bit of a project, isn't it? You can't just look at it one season at a time. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, like you said, we're both high scoring probably teams it's probably going to be a battle of um you know who can get that first goal and really push on from there because I think you look at the fine margins you know like Forest um if you get that first goal then they've kind of gone on to score more and kind of you know defended well kept a lot of clean sheets but we're probably perhaps the same so I think that first goal will be quite crucial as well and Amy, obviously, I know you're going to get the first goal on, on Sunday. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. Um, but we need to get Sam connected with with Jack here, because since he's got the inside information on Forrest, he can sabotage their game plan. So Agent Jack's already at work uh, for Sunday. Amy, how much are you enjoying playing in the team right now? Because, I mean, obviously, the standard has progressed significantly over the past couple of years. You've been part of this squad now for three or four seasons. Um how much easier and how much better is it to play with a team that's that's starting to evolve and develop into uh, playing much better football than what they were just a couple of seasons ago? You must be enjoying it a, a lot more. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it massively. And I think it's come on leaps and bounds with the coaching staff and the players and also, you know, the connections with the men's club and the facilities that we've got. You know, you go to training now and you're starting to feel a lot more like a, 
a footballer and I know that sounds weird because you've always been playing football but you've got the gym facilities you've got we'll go and do a bit of analysis if we need to um so yeah it's just really exciting times to play football to play football for Derby at the minute and I think it's just refreshing with the with the young players that we've got coming in because you know they keep you on their toes we've got a really good squad this year which has shown players coming off the bench you know you look at our last three games and I don't think the starting 11 has been the same um I think I think I'd hate to be Sam at the minute because the headache for for picking the starting 11 um just must be crazy with the with the talent that we've got in the squad but then it also pushes us all to to want to get in that starting 11 but there's also no no bitterness you know if you're on the bench of course you want to start, but you're, you're still pushing the squad. You're pushing the starting 11 um, to be the best they can. So I think that togetherness is is really huge at the minute and really important as well. Yeah, and you can see that in a lot of different types of football and everything like that, the, the togetherness of the team is worth over the course of a season an extra three, four points because you're going to have each other's backs. You're going to be able to grind out those results. And, and like you say, the people on the bench – there's nobody being disgruntled. They're going to push you. You're, you're understudy, or if you're the understudy, you're going to push who's ever ahead of you or behind you to to kind of improve, and that's going to be good for the for the squad um, overall. Now, Amy, um, we talked about how much you're looking forward to Sunday. Um, are you confident that you can go to Nottingham into a hostile city ground? We know Nottingham fans. We're, it's going to be mostly Derby fans. We know this because Derby fans are way better than Nottingham fans. But are you going to go to the city ground um, – and um, expect to take three points? Um, and how tough of a game is it going to be? Um, I think you've got to be confident going into it. You know, we go into every game wanting to get the three points, but also you've got to kind of keep level-headed that it is going to be a tough game. You know, they're up there in the league for a reason. Um, they've got a couple games in hand as well. So I think it's a crucial three points that if, you know, we can get them, then you know, they could only be three points ahead of us, but they'll be thinking the exact same thing. Um, I think it'll be a really intense game. You know, they're going to be wanting to win it as much as we can. Um, but I think I think at the end of the day, it'll come down to work rate and who wants it more. So we've just got to make sure on the day um, that we want to do that. Um, the hostile environment, I, I really loved it last year, actually. Um, lots of like 10 year old kids booing us I think it just spurred us on more I think it was really good and it's nice to see that side of the women's game because you don't normally really get that within women's football you know the hostile environment but I actually really enjoyed it um and I think it was like actually really nice to see that side of it um but yeah I think you've got to be confident going into it and, and wanting to get those three points and with the team that we've got I'm I'm confident that we can do that and Jack, you've got your, you've got your, uh, you've got your sign ready, right? Your double-sided sign, like let's go, Amy. And then when Forrest come out, you've got like the sign that says "Down the trees" and the thumbs down stuff, right? You're, you're working on that, right, Jack? I haven't yet. I mean, if you saw my level of art ability, you would, you would see why. But I'll see, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I mean, it is, it's, it is, it's that atmosphere, isn't it? And we're seeing more and more of that. And there was a big controversy on. Well, it, it was more so on Saturday, actually, after the game on Friday night. A lot of people were making a, a big deal out of uh, Megan Rapino getting booed off, weren't they, um, by by some of the England fans. But it's it's rivalry at the end of the day. There's a bit of a rivalry there now between England and the US. You think back to Alex Morgan and their celebration in France in the World Cup. You know, it's it's refreshing. People are invested now, which 
maybe has less so been the case if we go, you know, if we go back a few years. So pe people care more more than ever before, which is really good to see. And yeah, I, I think we're, you know, we're certainly in that camp, aren't we? So we'll hopefully keep stepping this up. And Jack, I think you, you summed it up there. My next point very nicely. I wanted to talk to Amy about because it seems that within women's football, that there is a, a kinship and there is a, a lot of friendship between and amongst the players, right? Because a lot of the teams go through the similar kind of things with not many, you know, not many of the same facilities, not playing at bigger grounds, right? Understanding the, the, um, as you would say, you know, like the kind of the normal idea of women's football that people had in the past, right? You kind of got this collective thing. Um, and you saw it this week where Megan Rapinoe came out and she says that the United States women stand with the Spain women who were fighting for kind of their kind of what they wanted as equal rights or their kind of housing issues, the issues that they were having. But make no mistake, like you say, Jack, there is that kinship. But now make no mistake, there are rivals, rivalries being formed. Fans are getting on top of players and and booing them off or or booing them when they come out or when Amy scores a hat trick, they're booing her because she gets it. And that's music to Amy's ears. We want that. We want them to boo Amy on Sunday because she's doing well. Um, but, you know, Amy, it must be great that, you know, you have these relationships and you have these friendships, but then you know now that the game's going to up the intensity in a little bit more. And I think for you as a, as a footballer, you must really enjoy that extra little bit of added intensity. Because if I play against you, you know, it's it's a friendly game, but then when you're playing for something or you're playing against a rival or you've got the the hostile crowd there, it adds just a little bit more spice to that game, doesn't it? Where, yes, you have this kinship, but it also allows you now to, you have that solid base to now grow and take it up the level to have that extra bit of rivalry, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, I went to like, a lot of the girls that play for Forest, and there's a lot of players that know each other but you know as soon as as you get over that line on Sunday that that all goes out the window and I think it has to be like that it's exciting like that um it increases the intensity of the game you know the more that you know players that perhaps have never played for Derby come in and understand the rivalry then they get a bit more up for the game and excited for it um and I think it should be like that I don't see why it shouldn't be like the men's game with him respect to that like I say I don't mind getting booed it, it normally means you're doing a good thing um so yeah no I think it's just really exciting to kind of have that that rivalry and that added intensity to the game have you shut off your whatsapp messages from your Nottingham Forest friends and, and counterparts like I'm not talking to you this week I don't want to know you were not friends or are you still chatting with them up until like 48 hours before the game yeah I'm trying to get some tactics out of them but then not really giving me much um, <laughs> to go with. But no, yeah, it's just all nice and friendly up until the game. And then after, um, during the game, it's we're not talking. Um, we're both doing everything we can to win. Um, so, yeah, we'll see after the game who's <laughs> who comes out on top. And one thing's for sure, Amy, we know it's Nottingham, so their tactics are going to be 20 or 30 years behind Derby's. So no need That's no need thing. to worry about that. Um <laughs> Jack, you're going to the you're going to be sitting in the stands. You're excited. Um, what are your what are your hopes and anticipations for this game? Having analyzed Nottingham Forest and, and obviously knowing the Derby County women as well as you do. Um, quite frankly, I just want an entertaining game, and I think we'll get it. I think we'll get goals. Um, because I think there's there's a lot of quality in in the teams that you know we've seen it with our team 
throughout the season. Not least for them, he was obviously grabbing the headlines, getting all the goals. But, you know, going to the game that I went to, you really saw it more than you do in the highlights. The whole, the whole team just put 100% in and there is some real, real skill. So I think, I think we'll get a really good game. I think it will be intense because I think the atmosphere will be difficult for Derby. But we'll, I think we'll, well, I'd like to think we'll do it. That, you know, that's what we want at the end of the day. Whatever happens, we want to come away with a win, right? Exactly. And and Amy, I'm sure you've listened to our podcast, but you know that what we do, we do a score prediction. And I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction because you're playing in it. <laughs> but um, we're going. you're going to Nottingham on Sunday and you're getting the three points, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fair <laughs> enough. Jack, they're, they're picking up the W, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, if they, if they don't, then I probably shouldn't come to any more games because then I'm seemingly a bad luck charm. But yeah. <laughs> we'll break that this weekend. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Amy, forgive my ignorance, um, but I do have to ask this question because it has been on my mind. So please pardon my ignorance. Um, the men play for the Brian Clough Trophy. Is there any trophy or silverware up for up for grabs between uh, Forrest and Derby on Sunday? No, unfortunately not. Um... Yeah, never have kind of had a trophy towards that, but I think it'd be make it even more interesting. So maybe something in the future that the more kind of you play at the grounds as well, you know, keep having the city ground yeah. and the Pride Park game that definitely could be introduced. Yeah, fair enough. That would be that'd be super exciting to to spice it up. I know I'm looking forward to it, and I got that buzz because I knew we were going to talk for a while, Amy, and then I saw it on Monday Night Football, and I was like, wow, that is just awesome. And it seemed. <laughs> Seem like they were given a big push for us. So hopefully, let's hope for a big bumper crowd uh, for you and the girls to go out and, and, and strut your stuff against. Um, but obviously, let's hope for three points uh, for Derby as well. Uh, Jack, that's everything I have. Anything else from you? Um, no, not not really. I, I mean, the, the other thing I was going to say was, in terms of a trophy, there must, I mean, I can think of one uh, off the top of my head, but there must have been a load of players to play for both sides. You know, we we could easily get a trophy going. We, I'm I'm going to do some research, see how you find <laughs> some players because there's got to be something. Anyone, if anyone listening has any ideas as well on on trophies, ways ways to slice it up, you know, add that extra element that you get from the the Brian Clough Trophy in the men's game. Do you know what? Let us know because yeah, you know. we need that. We need that to happen by the time they come to Pride Park. We need a trophy. <laughs> That's going to be my yeah. campaign now. Yeah. But uh, Amy, I know on behalf of Jack and myself and Jason and, and, and all the supporters out there, we wish you nothing but the best of luck on Sunday. Not that you need it because you guys have been in terrific form, but but all the best on Sunday. Um, we're all pulling for you. Um, and that's from that's from our fan base around the world as well. So it's not just people in Derby or the people who are in the ground at Nottingham, but but myself and American and, and loads of others around the world as well are all pulling for you. So best of luck on Sunday. Go out there and smash it um, and bring home bring home three points. Thank you. Jack, that's everything we've got for now. We'll let Amy get off and, and, and prepare for the game. So the only thing left to do until next time, everybody, is to say, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch... We're on Twitter, at Rams Review one on Facebook, Rams Review Podcast. Drop us an email, ramsreview 
at hotmail.com. And until next time, up the ramps. <laughs>